Before I start, I just rather than me asking anything specific, was there anything anyone wanted to talk about or clarify from this week? Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the studio report or anything that you'd sent over on that Pathways Protected website. Um, I feel like I'm a bit like playing catch up. And it's not because I haven't put effort and time into looking at the stuff, but it's like I feel like I'm always a couple of days behind, like updating. I've I've got and obviously we've all we're all working in different ways, but I've got like week focused and then I've got my overall document. When I get pockets of space, I'll work on that overall one and try and give and then we'll, we'll balance my time with the specific one. And um because what I realized is I was looking at the associate programs. And it was like there was four, and now there's like nine, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought, like I thought there was only four, like sounds, and then I'm like, oh no, there's nine. So I've got to go and look at those other five. And obviously, that's just what I've set out for myself to do. It's like as soon as I finish one, it always becomes obsolete because there's been more work. So by the time I'm like, it's like, oh, they brought something else out now. And I don't mind that, and it's not like I feel any pressure to be completely up to date with anything. It's just. I'm getting sent all this exciting information and it's just, I feel like I'm just, I'm just playing catch up a bit. So all right. Apparently this week is content and okay. We can get all, you know, broad about it and be like, Oh, that's everything and anything that. And that's probably what I will say when I write something about it to justify the fact that I'm still writing about where artists or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's where I am at the minute. All right, no, that's fair enough. I think, yeah, with the with the associates program, I think that the purpose of that is to sort of mirror a more traditional version of Independence Biennial, where it is a bit of a free for all. Um, it's the version of Independence Biennial that I've always been probably most uncomfortable with, um, because not. I mean, I think this year it sort of works because it is significantly separate from the central program and it clarifies that that is work that they've done um but that does mean that it just kind of gets updated fairly off the cuff um so yeah no fair point uh yeah 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 um also also i think on the on the catch-up thing with studios and sort of trying to work out that identity. I think one of the questions that I think you 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 raised Harriet on the Google Drive, but Matt, you commented, and I think Joe, you might have commented on it as well, was about that phrase of studio culture. Um, and I, I don't know if that's kind of where you feel you're sort of catching up a, a bit as well in terms of theme, because that it's a sort of impossible question anyway. Yeah. Um, I've got that many things to say, both educators and uneducators, on that subject, and um, yeah. and that's that it's going to take a life of its own. And it's not; it's going to have to be separate to the diary. And like this is just how the my brain works. It's like, oh, is it to your diary, or is it some other niche bit of crap that I've written? Um, and it's interesting because one of the associates is now Road Studios, which is, am I understanding that's the Northern Light Studios? Yeah. So Road isn't Northern Light as a whole. Road is a room at the top of Northern Lights. Road, Road actually used to be, when I took over out in Liverpool, they gave me a, a space for free for, I can't remember, I think it was six months or something. It was really helpful, but they got kicked out of that building and moved into Northern Lights. Um, but Northern Lights has Road, the Royal Standard and Hub Studios in there. Yeah. 
So I, as a studio in, in the Northern Lights, I probably would come under the hub studios because it wasn't Royal Standard and it wasn't the upstairs bit. And yeah. like, that's what my only um, experience was with studios. So I'll have to write something separate. And you said yourself, you know, you use the word studio culture, but it is just a word that gets bandied about. Yeah. And kind of umbrella term it's a kind of niche thing if there's loads of writing about it and I'm just wondering what we're using it in this context and hoping that I can kind of snaffle it in under the faces as our next month's overarching topic and galleries and stuff and kind of just blag that it deserves to be in that section <laughs> and yeah where I, I, I think it's sort of that the phrase studio culture is probably and I, honestly I hadn't really questioned it until probably this morning when I was looking through everyone's comments. Um, so this is a bit sort of a, of a raw thought, but um, I think it's a kind of, it's like a lazy product of, of education, isn't it? You, you, ha- you have that ideal version of a studio culture while you're doing a, a fine art degree um, where you are being supported by peers and by tutors in, to some extent, or you're supposed to be. Um, and then I, I guess you kind of expect that to be the, the culture in studios as well um, which a lot of the time it isn't but the, there are studios where I think that does happen um, but again that is it's probably up to the directors of that studio and how they're how, how engaged they are with, with their artists um, and how um how engaged the artists want to be outside of their own practice and with the sort of collective studio. Um, I think I mentioned about workshops access as opposed to say studio space. Like if you ask me, would I rather be part of the studio culture or workshop culture? Workshop culture all the way because it's got technicians and they're far more generous than anyone I've ever met in a studio. And the people that you meet on those sites, they're doing all their own projects by way of proximity. You're next to them, you see, you're looking over the shoulder, oh, what are they doing? And that creates far better conversation than any kind of director-led open conversation studio spaces but like I said that is just entirely formed on my own limited experience of that and I wasn't aware like you've pointed me in the direction of places that are offering that that I wasn't aware of and mm. again I'm playing catch up with where Liverpool is and in that in its, in that in its offerings from not being here for so long or not paying attention for so long so I'm doing catch up on that as well yeah but I mean that, that that's part of the work of the the studio network, which obviously, you know, we, we set up last year and went very quiet. And then I went on furlough in December and it went even quieter. Um, the, the, the aim, the, the main aim of the studio network is visibility for that stuff, you know, making sure that people are aware of what's there because they're not, you know, it's not just you. Um, most artists in Liverpool probably don't know that there are seven really incredible ceramic spaces with, with with experts in those spaces within studios um you know it, that's not known um you know I, I didn't know until we started the studio network that there were 35 studios in the region um which is huge that sort of weirdly centered in a sort of ring around Liverpool city center which i think is probably normal for most cities but then what is a bit abnormal is the jump 
from the city centre out to the sort of border spaces. Um, and the fact that there are boroughs that are completely, just don't have any studios at all. Um, I think that's quite odd. Um, into, just in terms of the geography of it. But yeah, there are, there's a lot of misunderstanding and well, not necessarily misunderstanding, just unknowns, just things that people don't know about studios. Um, and I think that's the aim of the network, which I guess launched last year, but then when the report goes out this week is a bit more active and doing a bit more. Yeah. Um, Fiona, can I just ask um with the with the ad hoc um and the in-between of painting that sort of brought up in your practice i did want to ask sort of what your experience was of of studio spaces in that respect because there's a lot of a lot of artists i've spoken to this week have come back to studios um after other careers and studios have become really central to their practice um and i don't know how you sort of you know, in conversations with artists, how you found that relates to studios or if it does at all, or if studios are just a kind of separate concern entirely. Yeah, I think with, um, well, actually, just while you were talking, then I was thinking about, I'd just been catching up and having a, a listen to some of the podcasts. Well, the one one I managed to listen to was the Bold Place one. And, and I was thinking, I never knew anything about, you know, that, project and how exciting it would be to sort of mm. go and visit the group that are that's organizing that you know and, and sort of engage with other women women artists and you know so that sort of idea of linking in with workshops and and things and I thought well that might be something that I could do or I might be able to do but in terms with this sort of idea of working in between like other jobs and things that I'm doing I suppose Studio-wise, that wasn't an option for me. Or I, I've been working in my sort of, st- sort of studio space or classroom space or in, in in work really when I could do sort of maybe at the end of the day or you know maybe at dinner time or doing work with the students when they were sort of or working with them and making my sort of work at the same time as them really. So it just didn't really fit with my sort of working practice. And, you know, I was, I'm reading a lot about studio spaces and things at the at the mo- moment. And I think a lot of women with children that are working, it seemed to be from this, this article I've been reading, I was just reading this morning, actually, I don't know, you can see it, but it's like, like female artistic identity and place the studio by like Alison Bain. I've been looking at that this morning. It was seen that, you know, a lot of the the women had maybe like studios in the home, which I never even had either until lockdown. Because um, when lockdown happened, I had to find a space to work in my sort of house. But this is mostly like this because of my, uh, sort of teaching and, and and that's how that's happened so I've just sort of taken advantage of that more than more than anything and sort of made this my space now but yeah I think that's a fair point actually I always I, and I always really forget to talk about it but it is it is those home studio spaces as well which are 
I don't know why I forget to talk about it because we have one. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the spare room here is 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 Kathy's studio, um, and yeah, but it, the challenge of that is what you define, I think, as a home studio. Yeah. Um, Obviously, this year, most artists will develop some sort of space that is dedicated to work at home, whether that's a studio or whether that's just a cleared off bit of the kitchen table. But it's, I think prior to that, there was still a lot of artists with dedicated space. Um, you know, um, John Elcock's opened up. He, he, John Elcock, who runs Liverpool Open Studios tour um, normally every other year, they... His studio is his garage and it's entirely converted into a studio. It's the same as I think how Welly Road started and the Wirral. Um, and there's there's quite a lot of studio spaces around Liverpool that are home studios, but open themselves up to other artists. So there are a few within that. And I think that's really difficult to get a gauge on because yeah. they're not formal spaces. They don't promote, they're not about outward work. They don't, you know, they, they don't, support the community because that's not their aim their aim is to support the practice of the artists in there um and for most people if you're making work at home you're making work you're not you're not there to engage other people in that um the same as anyone else in an office the office is there to work it's not part of the engagement and i think probably what the report does miss a lot of is home studios um, and that's probably to do with a bias um, based on the connections and the members of the studio network who are all group studios in public spaces. Um, hmm. I'm just wondering whether it's worth adding something into the report very last minute. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when you say do you just mean that and you know in a differentiate enough from like a collective or a group studios is that just one individual occupying that space i think mostly yeah I, I think we're just talking about a space at home that is dedicated to making your own work um you know i, but, I don't know if matt would define that room that you're that you're sat in as a home studio but it is very much dedicated to to creative practice when you know but i guess that's yeah, curatorial yeah. and research practice but it's still yeah, functions in a similar way. Yeah, I suppose this is as, as near as I've sort of got in my sort of say life. <laughs> well, no, not at, at the minute. At the minute, I like I had a studio like before, like uh, maybe I say fifteen years ago or something that was more of a sort of conventional studio, um, where you know you could sort of engage more with other artists, which it was really really helpful. And they form some great sort of friendships as well as like you know creative sort of connections there. But with this this one, this is sort of say the nearest I've got to to sort of making a space studio space for sort of myself. I would say at the minute. Sorry, go on, Harriet. Just come back to the thing about studio culture. And then you substituted it for access to conversation. Yeah. If you're in a home studio or if you're in a makeshift studio, how can we understand the definition of studio then? Because if yeah. surely they're out of that access to conversation by way of physical group studios. Yeah. 
And then, I mean, the, the, the point that you raised as well earlier in one of the texts was that that access to conversation isn't necessarily there in group studios either, because a lot of those group studios have segregated spaces anyway. Um, so there's not, a lot of the time there isn't actually that much difference. You know, you're, if, if you're working with people, you're working with people, you're having those conversations by email, by phone, by Zoom. Um, but if we were in an office now, I'm not sure we'd necessarily be more connected than we are working from home separately, working through Google Docs and email and, and Zoom. So I, I don't know if there's that much difference. Uh, so I, I, again, a lot of a lot of this, and I think that suggestion of access to conversation is probably the product of me frantically panicking for something to sort of justify a lazy phrase uh, sort of midday. I don't know. I'm not trying to pay <laughs> being like, why have you used that word? Sorry. No, no, it's fair enough. Um, I, I think it's worth questioning because it's it's important. Um, you know, I, I, I think it is probably something that needs drilling into um, because there isn't an answer to it. You know, if, if there was an answer to it, we'd have probably solved it already and, and got that bit of text right up by now. Yeah, no, I Sorry, I'll let you go, Michael. Is that a bit of a... Yeah. Sort of um, I think a lot of this really feeds into, do you know, when we were speaking, was it like last week or the week before, about like defining yourself as a professional artist and having like the time and the money and like the resources for it. And I think studio spaces and having like an actual like room to like dedicate really sort of feeds into that as well. And I think it's like, the access or like lack of access to a space to like devote to your practice really sort of fits into how people identify themselves as artists or like work as artists as well. Yeah. I find that quite challenging though because how much of it is just a vanity, shallow material thing. Like when I had a studio, great, yeah, this I'm the real deal now. But it, all it was was four walls and a desk and I've got that here and it, it makes me more valid and actually didn't provide me with anything interesting at all except a direct debit that came out every month. <laughs> and, you know, I actually, I gave it up because, because that became a financial, um, I couldn't, couldn't pay for it anymore. And I can't, like, you say a dedicated space and I think that's massively important to certain people who work big, who, like, if you're like, my family it's like you better put all that stuff away with it once you're done with it because we've got to use this to eat on the table later so i've got to like pack it all away then and it all goes in a garage i think space is important but for what we're doing now or for writing but desk work you know how important it is in a certain sized room and i think um it was it's Matt that keeps using the word validity, which is that's where it does link back to the other week's conversation about identity and mm -hmm. feeling validated through being able to say you've got a student. You know, is that is that a shallow association? I don't, I don't know if it's shallow. I think it. I think it links to the to the type of practice, which again is another conversation from one of the previous weeks, but it's what, what form of practice you have, because it, like Alternator Studio 2016, 2019, they had Translating the Street. Um, they're, all their studio members got involved in that project. They invited international artists in and they engaged international shopkeepers along Oxham Road in Birkenhead um, with a really unique project. 
and that's a that was a really formal way that all of their artists could engage and develop their practice. Not all studios do those projects. Um, the same with Bold Place. You know, Bold, it's not Bold Place isn't necessarily a thing yet. You know, they're they're moving from 104 Duke Street into Bold Place later this year. But when they are set up, they're set up specifically to support their studio members as creative businesses. So there's a theme there. And so it depends on, I guess, the practice of the artist and the practice of the studio as to how useful it is and whether it is a case of providing a validity or a sort of, again, the, the point that you raised, Matt, about sort of perform, performing as an artist. Um, whether it's that or whether it is actually a, a useful part of practice in, you know, especially if you're working in any sort of community or engaged work that develops things alongside the public. I think this, you know, uh, what, what, a, what a collective is, what, what a studio collective is now is very different to probably how they were originally formed in that people were working towards um, the, the same goal, essentially. So this is where your sort of art movements formed, um, etc. But now if you're part of a studio complex, you're probably working very individually. Um, like you said, you know, uh, I've done many studio visits in my in my time. There's never a sense of real collectiveness, I suppose, anymore. Um, and the, yeah, everybody is partitioned off and working on their own thing. And I think there is this a sense that if you are part of a studio collective, for want of a better term, that you must be sort of soaking up each other's work by osmosis. But actually, I don't think it works like that um, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to that point, um, I had a conversation with Grace and George last week about collectives and about collaboration. And if you think about collectives like the Royal Standard, it's almost like you've got to slap a brand name on the collective space and the collective group in order for it to feel like a, an engaged community. Whereas those who don't have that brand name where it is partitioned off spaces, is it like they're not absorbing each other's work unless they come under that branded title? And again, to do with validity, and we had a conversation on this idea of strength in numbers. And if you all subscribe to that brand name, to that collective, you've got the strength of each other in a, in a culture that is a feedback system. Whereas if you don't subscribe to that overarching name of the studios and it's not a, it doesn't call itself a collective, you've got no inclination to owe anyone the feedback and the conversation that we all think would promote that studio culture that we talk about. And like, like Matt, you know, you're talking about things like movements coming out of these places and now it's not like that anymore. And I completely, I really agree with that or from what I've seen. How, how, I mean, to take studio out of that question, um, how relevant is that validity of being under a, a banner then? Because, I mean, you know, Joe, the thing you highlighted in the text, obviously, was the bit about, you know, you are all fundamentally working under a banner of Independence Biennial. Um, your work is your work. They are your thoughts, but they are under a banner um, because that's the nature of festivals. Uh, it's the nature of galleries. It's the nature of most of creative practice. So I, I don't know if there's necessarily a difference that you can pin on studios for that kind of is bannerism, my word. I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. Is the does that does that feel significantly different? to be under the banner of a festival, you're allowed to insult Independence Biennial, it's 
fine. Um, but does it work? Does it feel significantly different under that banner than it would if you were creating these thoughts by yourself, or is there a parallel with studio practice? It depends. Because if you're invited or if you're hired to work as part of the festival, it's different than if you rent a studio in a space and then are absorbed in that collective space. And I mean, Royal Standard's different. I don't know how exactly it gets its members. I don't know it's like by invite only, which is not dissimilar to being hired and then working under a banner. But having to fit the mould, having to fill the brief and tick off the requirements that's expected of you, either through a job role or through a collective of which is invite only, feel significantly different than just joining the part of some a, a part of something. Yeah. Um, now, okay, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's, so it's just flashed up and said we've got 10 minutes left, which is always amazingly timed. Um, but yeah, um, can I just, uh, Joe, can I just ask just on the, just to kind of step away from studios a second because I kind of want to you know I'm aware this is meant to be covering two weeks worth of stuff about generally that question of where artists are and we're sort of just talking about studios which is fair enough because it is a sort of massive thing and it's on my mind as well this week but um, in terms of space to work probably home being more significant in, in your practice and how you balance you know, your, your sort of your working relationship with yourself, but also I guess your working relationship with your daughter in a sense. Um, is I don't know, is there something that's worth kind of adding in? Um, regarding, I'm going back to the studio topic <laughs> because it made me think about, um, like I've, I've never had a studio and never thought about getting one. Um, but then I was I was thinking what like what I would use it for. So and on one hand I was like I, I'd use a studio space away from home to get away from home <laughs> to like be there and dedicate my time to the work without having uh, the child. But then also because I'm the main carer. On the un on the other hand I was thinking what if there would be studios that would accommodate that that I could take her and um, she could either just run around or there'd be a nursery next to it or included or whatever um, so again I'm not sure what I would use this like what kind of studio space I'd I'd need yeah I like being with her as well yeah I, I mean the most studios around, around Liverpool but again, this, this doesn't necessarily solve your problem. Um, yeah. Most studios around Liverpool are perfectly happy to have children in, in the space um, and to have dogs or pets. I'm, I'm not comparing children to dogs. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, it's a cat, you know. basically. So <laughs> um, but, you know, like Claire, Claire I'm sorry, at Platform Studios in St. Helens, Claire Wheatman has a specific creche set up for a kid. Um wait alongside her space so that child just gets popped in this playpen while she does her work um I, d I don't know if that necessarily works because that's not separating you and giving you that space to work still but um you know that there are space there are spaces that are available that kind of are supportive or understanding of of those circumstances yeah yeah that, that would definitely be important for me regardless of if i take her or if not 
Yeah. Um, okay. The the other thing that I don't know how long have we got left? Six minutes and thirty seven seconds. Right. I don't even know if it's worth trying to ask this question. Um, so social media and online space as a space for artistic practice and development of work. Um, I think I, I, def, I definitely oversimplified it in the text that I wrote, where it was sort of like a timeline of the development of creative spaces online. Um, you know, artists using Facebook, artists using Twitter, artists using Instagram. Um, but in terms of privacy on those spaces and what, when, where you are either as a as an artist performing the role of an artist or as an individual. Does anyone have any thoughts on, on that, on that separation between sort of yourself as an individual and yourself as an artist in those spaces? See, I think a lot of it has got lost in like the whole um, content creation kind of thing. And, you know, to be seen as like you're constantly doing work, you have to keep like posting things every day to make sure people see your work and know that you're making it. And I think because it sort of pushes away the sort of personal connection between you and your work as well. If you're constantly like presenting it, trying to be on like top form and everything. And it's like, um, I think because I think you read wrote something about the way people used to have like um, Facebook pages, you know, like specifically for the work and stuff. And yeah. I think it detaches it too much from your own personal self. I know what I mean. I just can't figure out how to like squeeze no, it. I, I do know what you mean because I think obviously with the way Facebook pages used to work was that was the the page was just your work. Um, I know for for me, I, I never had a Facebook page as an artist, but I I know that I would have been more comfortable with that than I am with the idea of presenting myself on Instagram, um, because I, I would be much more comfortable presenting my work as a separate thing from me. Um, you know, in, in the same sense that you know, it's just a fundamental thing in the arts. I don't, and I don't know if this is just me. I I don't like that artists have to be their work. You know, if, if you had any other job other than an actor or a musician, you're not your work. You know, you, you are not your, your job. But in the arts, you kind of have to be the artist all the time. And I think Instagram kind of perpetuates that quite badly. I think it sort of makes it seem like you can't have a personal life, like alongside your work. Like you could post some pictures of your paintings and stuff, but then if you post a picture of like your dog or with your friends and stuff, it sort of takes the seriousness out of it. Like, and that's why people have like separate profiles and stuff. But it's like, why should you detach your work from you when you're basically the same thing? I have two separate Instagrams, um, and that down to a crowd consumption the people who follow my personal ones do not want to see works in progress and the people and they, they, they're there for the cats and the selfies and like sound so I've got the other account but because Instagram compared to Facebook you can subscribe to Facebook pages whereas Instagram is very much an on or an off you follow that person or you don't and if you don't follow them it's very difficult to come across their work and um, like stumble across it, except unless you look for which is just like a say of irrelevant, irrelevant stuff. And Instagram, because it's on on or off, 
and it's all to do with that instant gratification and aesthetic consumption unless you're showing your work in progress in a way that's aesthetically viable and pleasing it's kind of just looks a bit like junk especially if it's compared to something more finalized of which people prefer to see that because it's aesthetically easy for them to consume whereas if i show them a screenshot of a google doc or you know a scribble on a piece of paper to what extent are they going to engage with that and like then you lose and there's some people who just don't care and do it anyway and i really respect that and those people who possibly accrued the following early doors through the sharing of more finalised things and then people stayed for the ride. But establishing yourself from zero feels like you've got to only put things out there that are highly curated and that goes for your personal Instagram and for your... It's just these unwritten social media rules where you have to create your life in a way that is, is, is aesthetically consumable for other people. Hmm. All these rules um, feed into the algorithms as well, don't they? Especially also the the like content creation. People post every day because that makes them show up more for others. Um, yeah, and all these social media systems and pages just remember what you post and how many people interact, and you don't have any influence on that unless you create and create perfect stuff every day. Then to post and that's really difficult as well yeah right well on that question that i knew we'd never quite get to an answer from uh, we're gonna have to finish because we've got a minute left